Hi, I'm Jennifer Isabella, your host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the major changes in the market influencing executive priorities. Today, I'm joined by senior analyst Anjali Lai to discuss the state of consumer trust. Welcome, Anjali. Thank you so much. So I feel like you're going to do a little bit of myth busting for us here in, in this episode. Is trust waning or an endangered species these days? It feels like it could be, but maybe you have something to share on that topic. I mean, it certainly sounds like it is when you read the headlines and when you look at the reams of data that are being published about how consumer trust in institutions is waning, consumers trust government entities less, in some cases businesses less. Um, it just feels like there's this moment when um, consumers uh, are skeptical of anyone and everything around them. Um, you know, it's kind of reflected in the fact that um, the Oxford English Dictionary had uh, listed post-truth as the word of the year a few years ago. Um, and terms like fake news and misinformation and disinformation are just common buzzwords today. So in some ways, yes, there's plenty of reason to believe that trust is waning. And when you look at the data, in some ways it is. However, to, to your point around myth busting, this isn't necessarily an absolute, right? We have to be really careful before we kind of jump on this bandwagon that trust is disappearing from our lives. And, you know, it's this, as you said, endangered species, and um, it's just kind of going away never to return, right? That's a, a, a dramatic and, um, quite frankly, incomplete way of looking at the story of trust and specifically consumer trust. What we're seeing is that, yes, indeed, in some cases, consumers are trusting certain organizations less. However, they are also trusting other entities more. So the way that I see it and the way that we've uh, detected that trust is changing in our research is that it's not necessarily that trust is going away. It's that consumers are shifting whom they trust and how they trust, and where those pockets of trusted organizations are bubbling up. So let's kind of double click into those buckets that you just framed out. Who are they trusting less? And perhaps, you know, is are there other entities, other organizations that are gaining more trust today? Yes, absolutely. So it is true that trust in traditional sort of institutions is waning. And I'll also mention that this is not something that's entirely new. Um, we also tend to think that maybe the past, you know, five to 10 years or so are really when we saw this epic crumbling of, of uh, trust. Um, but, but really, when you look at the data over the course of decades, consumers have always been, um, you know, skeptical about uh, large organizations and their trust has ebbed and flowed over time. So especially recently, when we think of um, the sort of the moments from the financial crisis around 2008, 2009, moving forward, there was another kind of lack of consumer trust in like the big banks and in the institutions in the government. The additional piece to that is that not only were consumers sort of trusting these organizations less or feeling like their trust had been violated, 
But what we also saw was that there was a change in um, why consumers were beginning to trust new entities. So typically, organizations will tout their you know size and their uh, familiarity and their legacy. Right? These are the things that signal authority. Um, and and now we're seeing that consumers are beginning to trust um, startups uh, much more than they have in the past. Uh, they're starting to trust the stories of these young entrepreneurs who have almost no track record, who are creating a, a new sort of brand or you know business model or level of customer experience on behalf of the consumer, and they're telling stories about um, you know that signal empathy and that talk about the social values of the business um, that you know show that they really prioritize the well-being of the consumer. And even though these companies don't have that same size or familiarity or legacy, they are engendering consumer trust much more quickly than we've seen before. So that's one example of how trust has kind of changed course, right? Or the flow of trust has changed its course from these um, larger legacy institutions into these newer kind of spunky upstarts. And so this notion of these startups being more authentic, more connected to the consumers that they're serving, is is that really what's garnering the, the consumer trust and the consumers maybe perhaps feel dis more disconnected to these larger entities? I think that's a big part of it. Um, I, I also think that this is a, you know, there's a cultural moment Um especially in the states right now but certainly in you know in other countries around the world where um there's this sort of momentum around like the you know the the little guy kind of standing up to <laughs> um the the goliath um right and who's this uh this this person who's speaking on behalf of the people and and speaking truth to power and um and is is creating this grassroots almost um energy around building a better future. And I think that because of that, um, that's almost in the zeitgeist right now. It's kind of the the trend or it's in the sentiment um, currently uh, that lends itself to this uh, willingness to trust that consumers have in these younger, uh, newer companies. This is probably a super obvious statement, but cultivating trust should be hugely important for organizations and not that companies can feel, but leader, you know, leaders, should they be concerned, especially leaders at these larger organizations that the tr trust is waning with their consumers? You know, it's actually not a super obvious question, <clears throat> but um, it's, a, it's a great point because yes, in theory, we all agree that it's important to trust. We all intuitively know that Nothing can really happen unless we trust one another, unless we trust the, you know, um, frameworks that hold our society and our markets in place. However, there is this kind of assumption, especially that I see at the leadership levels um, in most businesses, that you just have to have the minimum amount of trust. Just there's like this baseline kind of, you know, um, uh, bare, you know, minimum amount of trust that you have to satisfy to get your customers into the door. So with that kind of mentality, then the mantra becomes, you know, 
don't screw up. <laughs> just don't do anything wrong to violate trust. But you don't have to go out of your way to do anything, you know, super heroic to try and engender or build trust over time and that kind of thing. Um, so it's an interesting um, kind of, you know, thing to think about because um, that may be the case in, in certain in certain companies. Um, but what we're seeing more and more is that as consumers trust uh, uh, is changing, like changing direction or the signals of trust are changing, why consumers trust um, are changing, um, leaders that have that kind of mentality are putting themselves at a huge amount of risk um, where they will sort of just, you know, trust will change in their blind spot and they won't be tuned in to um, these new methods of trusting and will eventually lose consumer trust and may not even hit that bare minimum. So the important thing to consider is, yes, it's, it's critical to understand how and why consumers trust and how that is changing. And then also to figure out, well, how much trust do you need for your organization to, um, to thrive? And what we're seeing is that more often than not, the more trust that a customer has in your organization, the more successful your organization will be on a number of different levels, right? So we're seeing that trust certainly drives um, willingness to forgive the company. So you build um, a sort of almost like this little cocoon of resilience, right? You, you are um, building your brand and sort of buffering it for um, potential and inevitable mistakes that will happen down the road. Um, you see that uh, consumers that trust companies are more likely to advocate for the companies, are more likely to even just sort of uh, follow the companies, right, and see where you lead them to next. Um, uh, so there are many different ways of looking at the relationship between consumer trust and company success. Um, but, you know, more often than not, yes, it's critical to have consumer trust and build it up over time. And I'll also mention that it's not just about building up the consumer trust um, and sort of, you know, maintaining a trusting relationship over time, but business success um, also comes from, uh, you know, trust with any stakeholder in the ecosystem. So for employees, it plays a very important role. And there are countless studies and even our fantastic Forrester data that we've been collecting recently through the Future of Work team and the pandemic EX studies that have been going out show that the more that can, um, employees trust the company, the more likely employees are to stay with the company, to be productive, right? Barriers to trust are the biggest barriers to employees using new technologies within the company. So productivity and progress can't happen even internally without a strong, healthy, trusting relationship among individuals. Um, you even see it externally with different partners in the ecosystem. So we've seen, um, you know, even even recently, um, brands sort of cutting off relationships with certain agencies or, um, you know, consulting firms where they don't trust how these organizations are acting. And that hinders productivity. That becomes very costly. Um, so really trust is, you know, we, we the a team of us at Forrester are looking at trust um, you know, over the course of, of the year and moving forward. And this term that keeps on coming up is the idea of sort of trust currency. It's like trust is the currency 
that you are dealing with when you make your business go. And that works with partners, that works with your employees, that works with your consumers. Um, and that's a reality that leaders have to take to heart um, without falling back on this idea that they just don't have to do what's wrong and they'll be okay. Yeah. And on the employee front, um, I'm not sure if you guys have looked at this data, but is is there a relationship with high levels of trust within your employees sort of garners or, I don't know, reflects similar levels of trust in the consumers of that brand? Is there a relationship there that you found? Um, there certainly is, especially when we look at our employee experience data and correlate that with our customer experience data. So we have proven time and again through our EX and CX benchmarking studies, which, you know, of course, survey uh, tens of thousands of um, employees and consumers uh, in, in various types of companies all over the world. Um, and we, we've seen that um, higher levels of employee experience, so um, employee sort of perception of well-being, right, productivity, um, uh, uh, correlates with a better quality customer experience which then leads to various customer loyalty behaviors like retention and enrichment and advocacy. So that relationship certainly is there. I will also say that recently, given the COVID-19 pandemic and all of the associated crises around the pandemic um, over the past year or so, um, in this context, we've seen the relationship become even more important. Um, So consumers, Uh, are telling us that they are more clued in to the employee's experience than ever before. And something like 40% of consumers in the U.S. say that they will go out of their way to buy from the companies that prove that they are treating their employees well over the next 12 to 24 months. So now that consumers have this unprecedented transparency into what the employee experience is like, right? What the corporate culture is like through all kinds of social media sites and you know companies like Glassdoor and others, um, that sensitivity to the well-being of the employee and and how the employee kind of relates to the brand is much more top of mind for consumers. So so absolutely, that employee sort of quality is a driver of consumer trust in the company. And the more that employees are trusting their companies, um, the more likely it is that they will deliver a better experience for the customer. Maybe the million dollar question is, how do you do this? (laughs) You know, how do you how do you how do you garner that consumer trust? And I imagine, you know, mind shift aside of like, okay, you know, hitting like a low bar. What does this involve? Yes, it is a great question, <laughs> and you're right. And a big a, one, I'm sure. Right? It, is, it, is a, it is a big one, and it's a big one because, you know, as we've said, we talk about trust all the time. It's a word that we've tossed around, you know, so much, especially lately. And yet the fascinating thing is that among business leaders, among academic scholars, among, you know, our government leaders, there is no clear consensus around what trust actually is. Like even finding the definition of what do we mean by trust is in itself a million dollar question. So 
We, of course, as forester analysts, looked at this challenge and became really inspired by it and decided to take it on. So over the past, you know, several years, um, uh, I and a team of analysts have been looking at uh, a huge sort of sea of research that exists around trust in various contexts um, over, you know, various decades to try and see if we could get to some kind of uh, distilled truth around what trust is, if you will. Um, and so what we decided to do is that we can't fully define trust in every different, you know, way that it plays out, but we can talk about the elements of trust, the definition of trust that is most important for our clients, right? So most important for business leaders to understand so that they can begin to operationalize trust in their own business. So what we landed on is this definition that trust is the confidence in the high probability that a person or an organization will spark a certain outcome in a relationship and hopefully a positive outcome in a relationship. So there are a few key words in that, right? So one is trust is confidence. So that means that trust is the um, willingness to believe that a company or a person will do what's right or will keep their promises, even if you perceive the risk to be there as well, right? So trust is about developing confidence. Um, confidence in the high probability. So again, there's an element of sort of playing the odds here. You can't talk about trust without talking about risk, perceived risks. So consumers and really anyone that we're talking about as the trustor, the person who's trusting in the in the person or the organization is going to be assessing relative risk to determine how probable it is that the person or organization will actually do what they say they're going to do. And the key words are also, you know, spark a certain outcome. So we've learned that trust is not only about perception. It's not only about do you believe that you can trust someone or, you know, we always think of that uh, sort of caricature of like the, the kind of greasy sort of car salesman as the, um, you know, uh, very obviously reductionist, but sort of like a symbol of the person that can't be trusted, right? It's just this immediate kind of visceral reaction that we think determines whether someone is willing, uh, someone is able to be trusted or not. But it's not just about that. It's also about delivering a certain outcome. So does this individual or organization follow through on a particular promise? Does that happen consistently enough? And does it happen um, in a way that really kind of uh, sparks a connection with the recipient enough to uh, have that recipient believe that this outcome is going to happen every time the individual engages? And then the final sort of word to highlight here is that we're talking about a relationship. So trust is not a one-off kind of ad hoc thing that happens in a particular moment. This is really about, and especially when it comes to building your business, this is really about trusting in a relationship. So like any relationship, this requires a give and take, right? This is a two-way street. It's not a one-way street. You know, you can't just do nothing and sort of expect consumer trust to flow towards you or vice versa. Um, and this is something that's ongoing. So it takes maintenance. And every moment that a consumer is interacting with the brand is like a little sort of moment of truth when consumers are 
depositing that trust currency into the bank of the business and building up or um, sort of, you know, cultivating trust in the brand. Is this just a CMO issue? Like who's dealing with this? I mean, obviously you're speaking to CMOs, but this feels beyond the brand. Like I feel like maybe five, 10 years ago, this would have been like pigeonholed as a, oh, that's just part of the brand team and they have to deal with that thing. But what you're pointing to is much larger, sounds like. It is, it is absolutely much larger because in reality, you know, when you talk about a consumer trusting a brand, you're really talking about a human being trusting a whole, you know, building full of human beings, <laughs> if you will. Right. So, um, so this is about a human being to human being connection, which means that any interaction that you have in the organization rests on trust to a certain degree, which is exactly why in the follow-up research that we'll be doing, we put together a team of cross-functional analysts here at Forrester to understand and sort of push forward this thinking around trust from the perspective of different roles. So we're talking about how a CMO engenders trust among her team within the organization, among her collaborators when she is collaborating you know, far and wide across the organization and among consumers. But we're also talking about how does the security and risk professional think about trust? I mean, it's critical to uh, you know, mitigating against risk um, in all forms for that individual. We are talking about how the CX professional thinks about um, uh, manifesting trust in the moment of a digital transaction that the consumer is having or at the moment that, you know, a store associate is greeting the consumer, um, you know, in the, in the entrance. So, you know, trust is manifested in the customer experience. Um, and we're looking at uh, trust from the perspective of data and privacy as well. Um, when you're talking about trusting a brand, right, whether this brand is going to do what's right for you, that's a very different way of thinking about trust when you compare it to, you know, can I give my highly sensitive personal data over to this brand in exchange for maybe a better experience or more personalized experience. Um, the risk associated with those interactions, as we talked about, is very different. And so this is definitely something that is um, going to affect, I mean, quite frankly, already affects all of the different players within both the B2C and the B2B worlds, but it's going to become much more of an overt kind of prominent issue, especially because I think there's this consciousness right now that um, trust is so precious and, and so fragile, and yet businesses also have an opportunity to kind of forge ahead in building trust, right? The latest data shows that while consumer trust in um, certain institutions is waning, trust in businesses is quite high right now. Consumers are now trusting businesses more than, for example, government entities to play a proactive role in their community, to um, sort of fix some of the social ills that consumers are um, experiencing. And so businesses have a huge opportunity right now to step into that uh, sort of trust void or fill the trust deficit um, by playing a more proactive role. And that requires some strategy, some logic, some science behind the trust, which is what we're working on um, 
and sort of building these frameworks and these indices and thinking about it that holistically is going to help everyone in every role across the organization internally and externally. So Anjali, I mean, you've referenced this a little bit in the conversation where there's decades of research on this topic of trust. And perhaps we sort of quote unquote gotten away with just kind of a pretty low bar uh, for organizations anyway, addressing this. But I feel like there's a message here that there is a way to to address trust deliberately and operationalize it. Is that fair? It is absolutely the case. And it's hard, right? We're not going to sugarcoat it in any way. We we empathize <laughs> with leaders who are taking on a um, challenge that might sound so abstract or amorphous as creating trust. However, the reality is that data and research and strategic thinking can provide frameworks that help you uh, at least move the needle in the right direction in a measurable, objective way and in a way that drives tangible business results. And so this idea of creating a trusting bond with your consumer or with your employee or with your business partners can't be something that's sort of, um, you know, like you expect it to sort of happen spontaneously. You can't let intuition drive you all the time. It is something that has to happen deliberately with some kind of strategic plan or roadmap. And the data and research are those enablers that support you along the way. Um, so, you know, we're working on sort of creating the, um, distilling the science behind this so that it's easier for leaders to pull the right trust levers um, to build these trusting relationships. And it has to be something that's treated as a business priority right up there with, you know, improving the customer experience and driving business growth and driving business value in others. Um, so there is a way to sort of create a plan and, and take this head on as opposed to letting it sort of, uh, you know, going on with the status quo, just sort of hoping that what you're going to do is, is the right thing. Great. Well, thanks for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.